0: Do you want to sound like a fluent, native, natural English speaker, even though you've only learned textbook English and you're worried about sounding kind of awkward? In this English lesson, I'll teach you 21 English phrases that will help you sound more natural and feel more comfortable in everyday English conversation, especially with native English speakers. Now, let's get started with these 21 important English idioms. I'm having shoulder surgery on Sunday. That's a mouthful. The first phrase that I'm going to teach you is a mouthful. If something is hard to pronounce, or if it's a lot of words that you have to say together, you can say, oh, that's a mouthful. So I'm having shoulder surgery on Sunday. That is a total mouthful because it's actually very difficult to say. I had to say it slower than normal. A lot of times things have scientific or proper names that are hard to pronounce. And if you try to say it, you could say, oh, that's a mouthful. That means it's very difficult to say. A lot of times, if there is a person that doesn't fit in with a whole entire group of people, we will kind of jokingly say, well, they're the on, man, out. And we'll say this even if they're a female or a woman. If you show up to a costume party, Halloween parties here in the United States are super popular, we love Halloween, where we dress up in a costume and everyone is dressed as a superhero, but you see your friend, Tim, he's actually dressed up as a fairy tale character. You could say, Tim is the odd man out because he is not dressed like a superhero. Or if everyone in your office shows up wearing a red shirt one day, but your friend, Sheila, she's wearing blue to work, you could say, Sheila, you're the odd man out today. You're not wearing red. It's kind of a joking phrase we use to point out that someone is different than the rest of the group. When you want to assure someone that something will happen when the timing is right, you can say it will happen in due time. This is a very common phrase in English as well. So, if someone says, you know, I'm really hoping to get engaged, I'm really hoping to get married soon, I'm just hoping that my boyfriend will propose to me, to reassure them that it will happen and it will happen at the right time, you can say in due time. Just be patient. Recently, I said to my son, hey, let's turn off the TV soon. I don't want you to just be glued to the television. This means I don't want you to just be staring at the television, not able to focus on anything else. And my son is very young, so he said, what does it mean to be glued to something? That's what gave me the idea to teach you this idiom today. So when you're very focused on something, especially a screen or a television and we're watching a television show or a bunch of movies, we will say we are glued to them and especially if it's very interesting to us. So if there is a Harry Potter movie marathon on TV, that means they show all the Harry Potter movies in a row. I will be glued to the TV. I can't stop watching. The most common way in English we say that we are very frustrated with something and we just want to be done with it, we don't want to deal with the thing or the person anymore, as we say we are at our wit's end. So a lot of times, my sweet old grandmother, she asks me to help her with her computer or her phone, and the other day she said to me she is at her wit's end with dealing with her iPhone, and she just wants to go back to a regular cell phone that's not a smartphone that doesn't have internet connection. Because she just hates dealing with the iPhone and she feels like she always has problems with it. Now, I feel like a lot of old people are at their wits end when it comes to dealing with technology. Because they just don't know how to solve simple problems like younger people do. So they are just so frustrated and at their wits end. The other day, I said to an English student, hey, I'm short on time. And as I was saying this, I realized that I should teach this idiom to be short on time. So, if you want to say that you have very little time available, you can use this very common phrase, I'm short on time. For instance, your friend might call you on the phone and say, hey, do you want to get lunch with me today? And you're actually very busy with work, you won't have time to go out to lunch with someone, you could say, I'm so sorry, I'm actually short on time today. And any native English speaker would understand what you're saying by using this phrase, short on time. Now, the opposite of being short on time is having some spare time. If you want to say that you have some extra time that you can spend on activities or you can meet up with a friend, for instance, going to lunch during the workday, you can say, I have some spare time. And you might be aware of the question, what do you like to do in your spare time? This means what do you like to do in the time that you have to spend that's not working, cleaning, or doing things for your family, your extra time Your leisure time, if you will. So, after my work and after taking care of my family in my spare time, I like to watch television or just read a book. This next phrase is a really funny one that we use to say that someone is pretty crazy. Now, you always want to be careful when calling someone crazy because it can come off as offensive. It can be mean to say they're just crazy, but if you want to tell someone, you know, they're crazy for what they're choosing to do, you can say, you are totally off your rocker. So if someone says something and you think that's not true and they say, it is and it's true, we could say, well, you're off your rocker. I can't believe you believe that. Or someone could be just doing a very risky or adventurous activity that you would not be brave enough to do. For instance, if someone really likes to skydive, I think they are just off their rocker. I can understand wanting to try it one or two times but people who have a hobby of skydiving or jumping out of a plane with a parachute, I think they're just off their rocker crazy because that is just so risky. And personally, I would never want to try skydiving. It just seems way too dangerous. A really casual phrase that you will hear in English conversations. In fact, my husband loves to say it all the time is when someone says, bear in mind, bear in mind means the exact same as remember or keep in your mind because it's relevant to this story. So someone might say, hey, do you want to go to a concert with me tonight? You can say, yes, I would love to go with you, but bear in mind traffic is going to be really bad, so we should leave early. So this just means it's a good reminder or I want you to remember that traffic is bad. So people will use this in their stories that they're telling you to give you a detail about a person or place that is going to be important to understanding the rest of their story. They want you to bear something in mind. And funny enough about this phrase, the word bear is spelled b-e-a-r just like the animal. Our next phrase also has the word bear in it, but it is spelled b-a-r-e, which bare as an adjective means empty so the phrase is with your bare hands now some people even native english speakers who hear this phrase for the first time think why would you use bare hands bare hands means empty hands or hands with nothing on them so if you are afraid of bugs you might not like to touch spiders with your bare hands. You might like to use a tissue or a napkin to pick up a spider. Or if you are at a restaurant and you see a chef touch something with their bare hands, meaning they don't have a glove on, you might be kind of disgusted because there could be germs on their hands. Or for instance, you should never touch raw chicken or uncut chicken with your bare hands. When you want to say that someone is very good at noticing small details, or we can say they are observant, you can just say you have a good eye. Or when someone notices something very important or they notice a small error that you might have missed, you can say, oh, good eye. Good eye just means good job observing that or good job noticing that. A really common phrase that you'll hear on the phone in English is to touch base with someone. Now, when you want to say that you're going to quickly check in with someone or just see how things are going, you can say you are going to touch base with them. For instance, you might be talking to someone in your company or at your work you don't frequently talk to. So you'll say, I need to touch base with you next week about this project. And this just means you need to check in or have a quick conversation about the project. If you want to say that you value something very very much and you don't want to trade it even if someone offered you something very expensive or a lot of money you can say that you wouldn't trade it for the world. Now for instance you could say that a lot of experiences or people are so important to you That no matter what, you wouldn't trade your time with the person or the time doing the experience for anything. Or you can just say that something that you enjoy is so great that it doesn't matter how much money someone offers you, you wouldn't trade it for the world. For instance, some people enjoy living in the countryside. They think it's just a much simpler life than living in a big city. They might say, I love living in the country so much I wouldn't trade it for the world. In English television shows or movies, you might have heard a character say another round. Now, another round can mean another round of drinks. So, everyone gets served another drink that we call that a round. Or you can say, Do you want to play another round? This could be a game like cards, a board game, or frequently we say a round of golf, which means you play 18 holes, a full game of golf. A lot of times when I play cards with people, I like the game so much, I say, let's play another round. I like to play again and again and again. If you've ever heard someone say that they wanted to save face, it means that they want to avoid being embarrassed or showing their embarrassment about something. For instance, if you've ever made a mistake of dressing kind of awkward, or you've had something on your shirt and you kind of make a joke about it, you can say, oh, it looks like I was really messy eating my breakfast this morning we can say that that's saving face because you might feel pretty embarrassed about it, but you're making a joke to make yourself feel better and less embarrassed about the situation. A phrase that is really funny to use in conversation when you have just way too much food or maybe you went to the store and you accidentally bought too much, you can say, I have enough to feed an army. If you've ever been to a price savings club in the United States like Sam's Club, or Costco where you buy everything in big sizes in order to save money. Sometimes if you buy too much there or you just think you're getting a good deal, you buy so much, you could bring it home and you think, how am I ever going to eat this? Or how is my family ever going to eat this? You can say that you bought enough to feed an army. Or if you go to a party and you say, wow, you guys have so much food, you have enough to feed an army. This is just a joking phrase to say that you have just so much food It's crazy. An interesting phrase in English that is added into conversation a lot is the phrase, needless to say. Now, you would think that this phrase, needless to say, means that you don't have to say anything, but this is actually used to emphasize something. So you could say, in college, I had a 4.0 GPA. This means you had perfect grades in every single class. You could say, I had a 4.0 GPA Needless to say, I spent lots of hours studying. So in theory, you wouldn't have to say that you had to study a lot because people could assume that from the first part of your sentence that you had perfect grades, but you wanted to emphasize it's needless to say, I spent hours studying. A good phrase that means that you had very little difficulty with something is to say that you cruised through it. For instance, in high school, I was very good at language arts or, you know, English sort of classes. I was not as good with math, but really good at English, hence why I'm an English teacher now. And whenever we had books assigned to us for reading, I would just cruise through the book because I really enjoyed reading books and I had an easy time finishing books quickly. When you go on a cruise ship or a cruise boat, it's usually a very enjoyable time when we call something When we say that someone is cruising through something, it means they're having an easy, enjoyable time with it. One casual way to say that you're going to spend the night at somebody else's house is to say that you were going to crash there. Sometimes in English we say, I just had to crash early last night. That means I had to go to bed or go to sleep early. So often after a night out, Especially if you go to the bars and you're drinking, you might sleep at a friend's house. You might sleep on their couch and you might say, I'm going to crash on your couch tonight. That means I'm going to spend the night here. Or if you want to offer to someone to stay at your house, you can say you can crash here tonight or you can crash here for a few days even. An interesting way in English that we say that two people are going to break up in a relationship or you're just going to end something, you can say that you are going to call it quit. You could even use this phrase in a casual conversation at work. Your boss might say, okay, everybody's tired. Let's call it quits for the day and go home. Or let's call it quits for the week and go home. If two people are in a relationship, their boyfriend, girlfriend, and they're having a lot of arguments, they might just call it quits. This means they might break up and end the relationship. In English, you might hear the phrase never back down. When you're in a fight, or a confrontation, or an argument, and one person just says, fine, you're right, okay, whatever, you can do it, they are backing down. If you tell someone, I'm not going to back down, this means you're not going to give up in the argument and you're going to try to get your way or you're going to try to persuade them to do something. Thank you guys so much for listening to this English lesson with me. My name is Kayla. Go ahead and visit my website, EnglishWithKayla.com to check out A course that will teach you more phrases just like the one in this video. And I'll see you guys in the next English lesson. Goodbye.